0: All right, So the Diamondbacks have made their first big move at the trade deadline. They have acquired Seattle closer Paul Seawold to try and shore up the back end of the bullpen. So what are your guys' thoughts on the trade itself?
1: It's I Go
2: ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was going to say it's fine. We didn't give up a core piece, which I'm pleased with. Um, we gave up a lot of MLB talent or potential talent. I really liked Bliss. He's going to be my big one to watch. Uh, Kenzone gives me Haniger version 2.0 vibes, but I hope that's not true. Uh, and Rojas, I'm glad he got to play for his hometown team, but he really didn't have a whole lot of place on the team anymore. So it makes sense. And we can hope that Sewold is a lot better than what we've had. So <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah.
2: Um. As far as the price, I mean, in this trade market, I think, the price we paid is not out of line given what other deals are out there. Uh, it was a steep price to pay but it was not one that is going to drastically impact this this season's 26 man. Uh, Josh Rojas is a nice player. Uh, I think he kind of got short shift a little bit, but for the most part he's a left-handed utility bat and he'll find plenty of playing time in Seattle as well. He kind of got displaced by Emmanuel Rivera over time, so I'm okay with that. Dominic Canzone was one of two Dominics that was going to be gone before next year. Now we know the answer to that question. Uh, I still think Canzone is eventually going to be a DH or first baseman. So I'm, again, not terribly concerned. And then Ryan Bliss, uh, I'm much higher on Ryan Bliss than a lot of people have been. I had him ranked number 11 in the upcoming midseason prospects for AZ. The reason I'm not releasing that until Wednesday is because obviously he's no longer in this. I knew we'd be trading people from it and maybe even getting some way to add to it. Uh, Bliss is an elite defender, and we're going to miss that glove. It's a matter of whether or not he'll hit enough to stay. Uh, I think he might still surprise some people and have enough bat to play at the at the MLB level regularly. Uh, you know, like Spencer said, he's going to be the one to watch to see how this trade really comes out. But Arizona's getting a reliable reliever and one that can close. So my biggest i think my bigger concern is that they've traded so much of their potential depth that there's not a whole lot left to work with if to make other moves and there are still reports out there that they want to get another reliever and maybe a starter and i'm starting to wonder where those pieces are going to come from when we just gave up three of the the second or third tier chips we had
0: so i kind of look at it as the D-backs' ha- biggest need is to not make the ninth inning as adventurous as it was on Saturday. For one, and then two. And when I say adventurous, it's because they actually it actually came to a, a thrilling conclusion, despite all the. Uh, I would say um. Hearts that stopped inside Chase, uh, the 44,000 hearts that probably stopped during that Julio Rodriguez at bat. <laughs> I don't know how McGuff got four pitches by him, four hittable strikes by him. But he did, and then he finally threw a good pitch and got him out. Final. <laughs> but that's not some, But like I said, those three those three, the three guys that have asked before to do this have failed and failed spectacularly. Arizona has an eight-five-eight 5 ERA. Ninth, in ninth inning save situations, that's a... So if you want to know um, what... Percent, uh, what necessi- this. I can't get the right word. Necessitated this move. you got to check out Jack's article. Although it's about going in for David Bednar. But the stats in there are still important. So Look. Like, so save situation, save situation, ERA have been a problem. In regards to what they gave up, Dominic Canzone. I like Canzone as a prospect. I had him in my top 15. But... Uh, in the case of Bliss, I think Bliss was right there, right outside. I had Bliss at 16, as, as I'm not 100% sold on that bat, but then again, he was putting up Corbin Carroll like numbers in double A. Not quite with the home runs and stolen bases, obviously. But uh, if you ever go on FanGrafts, you look up uh, Ryan Bliss's profile picture, his WRC, plus, which is offense. The offensive production factors in the hitting, the stolen bases, it was 162. Carroll, in comparison, 166. Now, granted, Carroll was doing this at 21 compared to Bliss at
2: 23. Oh, he, Bl- Bliss is not going to be Corbin Carroll 2.0, but he could be, you know, a slick fielding starting second baseman for a decade.
0: And that's a hole that With Seattle that has too. They don't really have much
2: there. He's not gonna play for them this year. Uh and given their particular system, he may not even come up until mid to late next season for Seattle, depending on what they do in the off season. Uh I think he might have started for Arizona on opening day just because at some point, Quetel Marte's got to move to DH full-time. And Bliss is a, a great candidate. I mean, he's taking his lumps in Reno right now, but he's still looking good doing it, too, though. Except, so,
0: Except for that one pitcher that he launched for 454 feet to tie the game in the 10th inning. Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, he's not getting embarrassed there. He's just not putting up the massive numbers he did in Amarillo. He was putting up video game numbers in Amarillo by the time they finally promoted him, and He's, he's been careful not to change anything since getting to Reno, and it's starting to pay off. It's going to take a little while, obviously, and he's never going to be that second baseman who's a 40-home run threat, and you're looking at to drive in 100 runs. But, I mean, if he hits 270, hits you 15 home runs, and plays gold glove defense for a decade, well, then, okay.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's a, uh, that's everyday regular profile.
1: Yeah. That doesn't I mean, matter. i take it if he scored 100 runs in a season. That would be awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, then, uh, so looking at the uh, rest of the trade deadline, do you think now that they've picked up a closer, it kind of increases the urgency to go get a starting pitcher?
2: I just don't see where there's a starting pitcher in this market that Arizona can afford both the prospect cost for and the financial cost for. Uh, There's teams that are in the Justin Verlander market, and Arizona has no business even trying to trade for Verlander. First of all, it's going to cost a hefty price tag in prospects, and then they're going to have to pay that salary this year and next year. (laughs) <laughs> uh and I just don't think that they have the muscle to do that Uh there are other starters that are less expensive uh like Blackburn I still would love to see Arizona go get Blackburn but with what we just paid for Seawald I'm really scared what it costs to get Blackburn from Oakland
0: Aaron <laughs> well, Savali trade might uh, give you an idea
2: and that was a a Pretty steep price, right. One of the things about the Savali trade is I was trying to look at who Arizona would have to have sent in order to, to match that, and Arizona really didn't have a match. I mean, yes, Yvonne Melendez plays the same position, but let's not pretend that these are comparable prospects. Manzardo is a guy, well, that Melendez, can if good. Melendez was that good, he would be on the team already <laughs> for certain, yeah. I'm a little worried that they're going to feel
1: like they have to go get a starter Um, just to maximize what they have. They're pretty all in on this year and next year and maybe 2025, maybe. Um, That worries me a little bit. But if they're confident in their draft of Jarvis and Saccone and Walston, then maybe FOT becomes a little more available and that could net you a bigger name. But that bigger name is probably only a rental still the way that the market's going. And I... That's not my preferred method. It's not generally what Hazen has done in the past, but I don't know.
0: So yeah, on Jarvis, is he's pitched out of the bullpen his last two times out, so yeah. I don't know if that's a permanent thing or if that's a uh, temporary thing. Is it an inn- it's innings limit flat- thing? I don't know. His last <laughs> start, he threw five and two-thirds scoreless. So
1: I know, he's been impressive so far recently
0: and then there are obviously concerns with uh, some of the reno stars their fastballs haven't it haven't exactly done a great job but then again all f- obviously is it the environment or is it the fact or is their fastballs legitimately bad With Fah, I, think it, it, yeah, the, I think it's a
2: combination the of both i fought is only two starts into his mlb career post uh, Brent Strom's changes to both his release point and where he stands on the rubber so and it was a big thing to move him all the way to the other side of the rubber and I mean, I don't want to say that change alone has made the difference but let's face it in his last two starts he went six innings and five and two thirds innings and he only gave up three runs in each and if he doesn't go out That's for the, the game. Six, if he doesn't go out for the sixth inning in the Cincy game he gives up no runs in five innings So, I mean, Fa is still obviously a work in progress, but he's clearly at the point now he has to be pitching at the major league level. If they aren't happy with him in the rotation because he's just too long ball prone or whatever, they need to put him in the bullpen because he's not going to get better pitching to inferior talent in Reno, especially when you combine Reno's environmental impact on Pitchers.
1: Obviously, he the first start was Great American. Either that ball yeah. just flies out there. I don't think I've yeah. ever been to a game there where we haven't had at least two home runs. So
0: one of the home runs he gave up was to a guy that would would probably win Rookie of the Year. Corbin Carroll didn't exist. Matt McClain. Yeah. of course, a name that'll be forever infamous in Diamondback circles.
1: He's pronounced Blake Walston.
2: Yeah.
0: We know uh, there's going to be the inevitable one where he gets
2: him. McLean was never going to sign here. There was some kind of plan in place ahead of time to punt that draft and go for something the next season because they knew damn well McLean wasn't going to sign. And if they thought possibly woo him, they should have probably talked to their their boots on the ground a little bit longer because McLean never made a a secret out of the fact that he was going to be getting over slot and then some if he was gonna not go to UCLA. And well they offered him what was left after signing other people and it came up around slot and go figure he went to UCLA just like you said he would. For him. <laughs> yeah. Smart kid. Yeah I don't think he would have Wound up being a whole lot for us I anyway. Mean, we would have probably traded him anyway but <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not fair. Totally different front office. Because <laughs> Hay- Hay- Hayden hasn't even traded a single first round pick yet. Uh, I stand corrected. Malone kind of counts. Kind of.
2: Well, that's
0: one of those cases where they uh, traded the guy had a significant risk profile first to um, mm-hmm. yeah, improve the team. That's. Malone, even with the first-round pedigree, is basically was basically a lottery ticket prospect at that point in his career.
2: Yeah, Malone was always going to be a lottery ticket. I did not mind giving him up in that deal at all, despite what some people were saying. I thought the deal giving up uh, Paguero and Malone was just fine for Marte. It was the way Marte got handled after the, the initial deal. But that's not on Hazen. Hazen isn't the one that, Said, oh, by the way, I'm closing up the pocketbook. We can't afford to keep Starling Marte anymore. You need to get rid of him after the trade deadline. Hey, if you don't tell Tazen he has to trade Starling Marte until after the trade deadline, you can't expect to get a whole lot back when he has to trade him in the winter and the whole world knows you have to trade him.
0: <laughs> We're kind of just looking at. They look at for uh, starting pitching pros. Uh, starting pitching, there is obviously the two Detroit arms, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's likely to opt out, so Detroit might be motivated to move him, and then also another rental, Mike Lorenzen, looking at the twenty-five. looking you know, have the list of twenty-five free agents. There aren't very uh, isn't a very good list. No, that Those was the, the Scherzer's the, no longer available. There are not, not a whole be lot of great targets
1: out there. <laughs> We're going to hypothetically give up Brandon Fott for a rental starting pitcher. I want it to be Strowman. And even then, I think we lose that deal in the long run. But if we can make a deal around Fott and some other pieces for a controllable starter, much more on board with that.
0: This is the question I asked for. Is uh Strowman even controllable through next year?
1: No, he's a pure rental.
0: Mm-hmm. I think and it's like Strowman's a guy that's gonna opt out and then uh, Tyler Glass, no, I don't think I do that trade. It's like don't trade with Tampa.
1: No. Well obviously if they want Paven Smith, they can take him. I would do okay. Paven Smith for Tyler Glass now. Yeah, so looking yes, there we that, go.
0: there's just not it's there's just not any viable candidates to trade for no. next year
2: the The combination of candidates that are out there and pieces that Arizona can still afford to move just mm-hmm. really doesn't match up. I mean, Oakland can ask for the world for Blackburn because of all the control that's left. And there are teams out there that will pony up way more than Arizona can rightfully afford to. I mean... If you're going after, if you're asking for Blackburn, they have every, you know, there's a great possibility they're going to be asking for Lawler, and they should expect to be able to get somebody like Lawler or something close to that. You want to go to the next person in our system, that's way down that top 100 list, all the way down to Jones. You know, I don't know that they're going to want to take Jones while he's on the 60-day IL.
1: (laughs) He's a nineteen-year-old. I don't think that's going to play too big a role. No. They would, they would care. They'd time. want more, but yeah. I don't think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, you
0: look at uh, Blackburn's numbers. He's drastically underperforming his peripherals. Yes. Yeah. That's probably why our teams would try to get him. Oh uh, look, and, we, and since it's the D backs we're talking about, we have to look up X stats. By the way, looking at uh, jumping back to Sewell real quick, Sewell has a 194xera, so that's probably
1: why they went and got him. I mean, yeah, if he can bitch to that, that'll be great. If he can there's avoid the, as one of my friends. Below. Oh, sorry.
0: No, there's just a lot of deep red if you pull up his cast page.
1: Yeah. It's a good look. Um, If he can avoid, as my friend Austin put it, The Arizona bullpen stink. Then he could end up being the second best, if not best, closer we've ever traded for. I was going to say outside of Ziggler. but
0: (laughs) at least they tried.
1: Right, exactly. Like it's more than you can say for the last what? Three years? Six. Oh, we tried in twenty seventeen. We haven't got JD twenty
0: six. I'm counting this year. I'm counting before entering this year. All right, fine. I did bad math. We're good. Well, the, <laughs> I picked the number exactly. I cherry picked the number. But even if you include 2017, Dimex haven't been particularly great. in the ninth
1: No, not, no. As closers go, it's basically Ziggler, the best closer that we've ever acquired from outside this system for your trade, right?
2: Via uh, trade,
0: yes. Manti, obviously, number two by default.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't trade for uh, Valverde or Kim, so. Yeah.
0: So anyways, that's going to wrap up the video. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like, and comment down below if you agree with this trade or not, and if Arizona either gave up too much or you think it was the right move to bolster the team. We'll be back if anything else pops up, but... If not, the normal show will be on at ten o'clock tomorrow. We'll be talking about the West and I will be talking about the trade and kind of the impact that it has on the team, and if they're done or not
2: this deadline. So any last words before we go? I think this is kind of what we were hoping they would do. Maybe not, you know, the price I think is pretty much in line. I don't necessarily agree with those that say we didn't give up anything of. Of worth, as I'm already seeing on some posted boards that we're not uh, being, uh, or that we're overvaluing our people too much because we gave up a bunch of scrubs, but I think we actually gave up something decent, but we're getting a top tier closer in return. I wouldn't say he's elite, but he's got the stuff. He's getting the outs for the third consecutive year after struggling in in queens he went to seattle and he's been very good and consistent year to year to year so let's see what we can ride this arm now
0: anything spencer
1: it's just going to say i just got a notification uh candelario just went to chicago cubs so i'm going to go with stroman is not available (laughs) no That was pretty obvious yesterday.